Hello listeners and welcome to Talk to Touch, the weekly podcast where I discuss living an LGBTQ plus life to build a strong and united community because connection starts with open conversation. I am your host, Denver Shai. New Year, resolutions, ideas, things that instigate the idea of a fresh start. I call them a personal promise, New Year's resolutions. We make these personal promises and if there's a time of year where that's most likely to happen, it's now. Whether it's starting the gym, whether it's changing careers, doesn't matter what it might be, there always comes the idea of a personal promise the moment the new year comes around. This is when we're going to say, new year, new me. But what does the term new mean? It's renew, it's pristine, to be reformed, recently made, fresh. January may be the time for reflection and change, but have you ever wondered why it can be hard to stick to your personal promise? Some reasons why it's really challenging is because sometimes we just make too many promises to ourselves. I don't know about you, but I tend to get a bit carried away. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to stick to it at this time of day, and I'm going to do this much during the week, etc., etc. And it just goes on. And then by the end of the day, I'm in a tears, I'm in a spin because everything's gone flipping mental and I can't keep up. So I tend to make too many promises to myself. Some of them might be unrealistic and not within your hemisphere your ability to make and keep those promises. So if you don't like going for a walk, how are you going to start jogging daily? It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. If you don't like going for a walk, which is just the basic, going for a jog, don't set yourself that promise. If you don't like reading, why would you then say, I'm going to read one book a month if you don't read now? It's better to just start something slowly and work your way through. I have friends who will say, I'm going to get a dog. It'll help me go for a walk. And I say, no, you need to be going for a walk before you get the dog. The point is our behaviours, things that we want to change, it can be really difficult. It can be very difficult. But why is that? Why do we find it so hard to stick to personal promises? The reason some things can be so hard to change is because when everything else around us is the same, so for example, the location you're in, the people you're surrounded by, it can be very difficult to make those changes that you really do want to make. You're, you're adamant, you feel passionate about it, you're, you're writing it down, you're determined, you're even putting that post-it note on your fridge. But it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Something comes along and you're like, oh, my God, I've broken that personal promise. I I tried. I tried. I couldn't stick to it. But there is a reason that we find these things really difficult to stick to. Why willpower may not be enough. Some behaviours are linked to your environment and your situation because some of them spark habits. Some of these habits are instigated by the time and place and they also become unconscious so for example when it comes to the evenings so I don't know what it is actually it must be about after 6 p.m 7 p.m I want to sit down in front of the tv 
and what everyone watching, I need to be munching something. Did you hear that word? I said need to be munching. I don't need to be munching anything. But it's become such a habit that while I'm watching TV, I don't know, chomping on a lovely biscuit or something, I don't know, some brownies I've made. We can't have that conversation. And it's something I have cultivated, and I will use that word, I have cultivated for years. Now, since August, I mean, my family and I, we did a no sugar month. And I have been able to stick to that, okay, up till Christmas, I did have some sugar over Christmas. That would just be madness if I said I didn't. That I would be a liar, actually, if I said I didn't. So, Usually I don't eat sugar. I gave myself some leeway over Christmas and it made a massive difference to my health. But when it came to now we're in the new year, it's all starting again, I'm having to recultivate that habit again. It's easy to go back to things I've done before or habits I've cultivated over time because for me in the evenings, munching, it just goes along with the TV. Sit in front of the TV, you've got to munch. Now I want to change my habits. When I was doing No Sugar Month in August, one of the things I did, I had to plan what I was going to eat in the evenings. What am I going to do? Because I know the moment that TV goes on and I'm settling down to some series on Netflix, my fingers are going to start tapping. I'm going to start salivating and I'm going to be thinking, I need something to munch, some goodie to eat. Now, what I do is I always make up some overnight oats and I'll sit there and I know it says overnight, but actually you can do it within and it's ready within half an hour. It doesn't take much. I have some oats. It's got seedless raisins in. It's got pumpkin seeds, might have a bit of cinnamon. I'll put in some apple, maybe satsuma, mix it all up, leave it sitting for about 20, 30 minutes. Now I've got something to munch. It's not biscuits. It's not chocolates. It's not brownies but it's something that actually is definitely better for me. I don't need a massive bowl full because it's filling. Now I have something that I can munch while I'm sitting watching the TV. I've got fruit there as well. I always make sure the fruit bowl is in view because I needed to break that habit. And we all have habits associated with something. For example, if you're a drinker and you like smoking, that's your thing. Usually smoking and drinking go together. I have friends who will say, I cannot go for a drink without having a cigarette. I just have to have a cigarette. The two for them are absolutely connected. So what is the essential ingredient to change a habit and to change those triggers? What is that essential ingredient? So for example, you say, okay, I definitely want to change my eating habits. I want to improve my health and my well-being. I definitely need to feel better. I feel sluggish, etc. There is a cliche that we've all heard time and time again, and it's something that retailers and marketers use, and they use it for good reason. And the cliche is, we eat with our eyes first. And this may be just one of those things you think, that's not true. But according to research, people will retain just 10% of what they are told. But if you add an image to that, they will retain as much as 65%. One of the things I did when it came to changing my eating habits, improving my health, losing weight, was 
I made a difference to which aisles I went down in the supermarket. Because it becomes really difficult if you want to improve your health and well-being, but you go down the aisle that's filled with the crisps and the chocolates and biscuits. It's not going to happen. You are going to see those goodies sitting right in front of you. And the next thing you know, they're going to be in your trolley. I don't see how it can be easy because it's just not easy, is it? to change that when you see these things, which is why marketers and advertisers know that packaging is important. Another habit that you may need to change, on the way to work, you walk past that same pastry shop and you know what it's like when they're baking first thing in the morning. I have one on the corner near where I live. Oh my God, I can smell everything they are baking and they bake everything fresh every day. And the shop is absolutely divine. It is, oh my God, it is just sheer heaven. It is bursting with freshly baked bread and pastries and just everything. It's mad. It is wonderfully mad. But instead of walking past that every day, you know what you think? I need to take a different route. I need to break the habit of walking past that shop. Don't torture yourself. Just don't. Don't torture yourself. It's just not worth it. It makes it really difficult because habits are hard to break. But if you're going to keep walking past the pastry shop, the cake shop and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Don't just don't torture yourself. Find a different route rather than keep walking past that shop. Because you know what? If you've been going in and buying those cakes and pastries on a regular basis, it's going to be very difficult to break that if you keep seeing it. So don't forget, you eat with your eyes first. And oh my God, when you start smelling a freshly baked bread or pastry or muffin, it's even worse. So there is an important ingredient, talking about food, for real change. And that is separation. Breaking that link that you have with that thing, that habit that you want to change just bear in mind, some of this may not be possible for you for a variety of reasons. You may not be able to change your workplace right now, the location where you live, friends, family. Family is a whole different conversation, which which we're definitely not going to have now. But I would say separation is definitely the thing that you need to consider if you want to break a habit. So if your thing is smoking and drinking, Maybe you need to think about changing that drinking habit. Maybe the people you go to the pub with, maybe their drinking habit is different to yours. It can be difficult to give up smoking or drinking when the people you're surrounded by are doing that. Maybe when they're going to the pub, you go somewhere else with other friends who perhaps don't drink. Maybe you go to a coffee shop. Maybe you go for a walk, whatever. You know, you know your life and your lifestyle. Come up with something different. It really just comes down to how much you really want to make those changes. With the idea of how much you want to make those changes, then it's taking that action. It is so difficult. It's not impossible, but it is challenging. And keeping the same things in your life makes that even harder. So walking past that pastry shop to work, unless you change the direction you go in, you're more likely to continue the habit of buying those pastries and cakes every single day. So what is the importance of separation? 
How can we improve our health and mental well-being when surrounded by people and situations and environments that replenish the old habits that we want to change? So when you consider friendships, imagine if you have a friend that rarely has a word of encouragement for you. Every time they open their mouth, you think, great, now I'm going to feel even worse than I did before. Or this person engages mostly in toxic conversations and is always pulling other people down, complaining, and they leave you feel drained and crappy. The thing to do is to reduce the time you spend with them until you can break away completely. And I'm not saying this is easy. It is not easy. A number of years ago, there was a time when I was spending the wrong amount of time with the wrong people their conversation, their behaviour, everything was toxic. They were funny, we had some really hilarious times, but overall, they were not going where I wanted to be. I had not long come out of hospital, I was still in a bad place mentally, emotionally, and the people I was spending time with were not going to help me improve. I needed to make some changes And I was scared and the reason being was because it would have meant that I would have spent time on my own. For me, these were the few friends I had at that point in my life and here I was considering letting them go and moving on. But I deleted every single one of them. There was not one number left in that phone except for family. And changing that company meant it made space in my life for something else. I needed to fill the gap that I had made. So how did I navigate that change and how did I sustain it? I changed the company of the people I was with by changing my environment. I started going to the gym. I went to college and started doing my A-level English. I went back to barbering and hairdressing. That way I would have new faces and I would meet new people and it made a huge difference to me. It wasn't easy, like I said, because there's a period I went through where there was nobody left. There was no one but family. I did not have any friends, but I knew if I wanted to improve my life, I needed to change the people I was with. And this is what I had to do. For some, that sounds really drastic. And I'm not saying this is what you should do. This is just my story. And it worked for me. I know, in fact, I was only having this conversation with James the other day. And the one thing we agreed is I would not be where I am today had I maintained those friendships. It's very difficult to aim high when the people you spend time with have no ambition of raising their game or improving their life. If you are going to spend time with people who have a completely different attitude or mentality to you, who are not where you want to be or heading where you want to be, it's going to be very difficult to change. So the final points I want you to consider is what do you want to improve? And the question I would ask is, does it need to improve? Do those things about you need to improve? Is it an aspect of who you are that will move you forward? Or is it someone else's idea of who they think you should be? If it's something that you feel, actually, yeah, I really do need to do this. So One of the things I know I need to do is spend more time reading. I love reading. Absolutely love reading. I love books. It's my catnip. Apart from baking, 
and eating brownies and all that good stuff. One of my things is books. I love bookshops. But I am busy. I do have an awful lot going on. And so if I sit and make this promise to myself that I'm going to read one book a week, I know it isn't going to happen. Between all the other things going on, that's never going to work. So, you know, it's best not to torture myself. And so I think, okay, yeah, that's something that I need to improve. That's something that I want to change, but it's good for me. So that's fine. But if I have someone say to me, oh, you're always so positive. I I don't really see how that's possible. I don't, I just don't think that's real. That's not my problem. I don't need to suddenly become negative and downhearted and look at all the crappy things that's going on around the world to make them feel, oh yeah, that's better because I can't cope with your positivity or your high energy. That isn't my problem. You know what? If you don't like it, don't spend time in my company. Don't talk to me because that is one thing I am not going to change about myself. So when you think about the areas of who you are, areas of of your life that you feel need to improve, ask yourself, is it your idea or someone else's idea of who they think you should be or part of your personality that they think needs to change? You know what you need to look at, what you feel is right for you. The other thing is, a new you could suggest discarding aspects, essential aspects of you. New is good. New can be great. Sometimes we do need to make a change. But the one thing I want you to consider is there may be aspects and elements of your character and personality which serve you and people in your life. You may have a fabulous sense of humour, and I mean a good sense of humour. Sarcasm, I don't think sarcasm's funny. Humour, on the other hand, is a different thing. Compassion and empathy, you may be one of those people that is just bursting with compassion. Just have empathy for other people. You may have the ability to welcome others and they just feel loved by your company. And if that's the case, just think, don't change what someone else might consider to be your weakness, like your warmth, your compassion, your empathy. You need to think about, actually, this part of my character serves and helps others, and it serves and helps me. A new you could suggest discarding essential aspects of your character and personality. There are elements of your character which serve you and some of the people in your life. You may have a really good sense of humour, an absolutely fabulous sense of humour. You may be one of those people that is filled with compassion and empathy and you can really feel when other people need support. You may be one of those people that's really good at welcoming others and making people feel included. You may have a very inclusive personality. And if someone else thinks that's your weakness, you know, if they think being warm and compassionate and filled with empathy is a weakness and they just think that it's something that, oh my God, you really need to do something about that because that just makes you look weak and pathetic. Do you know what? That's not you that has that issue. Do not change essential aspects of who you are because someone else thinks that needs to change, especially if it's something that encourages and inspires others, especially if it's something that people feel good when they've left your company. 
As queer people, society is trying to change who we are all the time. And that is definitely something about you that does not need to change. Do not try to change and transform your queerness because it makes someone else feel better. They think you need to change. When it comes to looking at your personal promises, things you want to do for you to improve who you are, don't make it about your queerness. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Don't make your queerness one of those things that you need to to change and to rectify. It doesn't need rectifying. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with who you are. But when it comes to being better in terms of your character, self-improvement, whether it comes to learning a new skill, changing your job, your career, moving yourself forward, then that is marvellous. That's great. But do it for you and do it for the right reasons. Because there's nothing more important than learning to love who you are and making changes and separating yourself from the things that are not good for you so that you can move forward and stick to those changes that you want to make and need to make. Nothing's more important than making sure you are on the path that you want to be on, you need to be on, so that you are living your best life. When I say your best life, it's what your best life looks like to you, not what someone else thinks it should look like. My idea of my best life will be very different to someone else's. So I would say, make sure that when it comes to making any changes and personal promises, make sure they are yours and not someone else's. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope this episode has given you food for thought on why keeping your personal promise can be a challenge and may not be possible for you and you should be kind to yourself about that. If this episode was beneficial to you, share it with someone you think might like it and enjoy it. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Talk to Touch. Thank you for joining me here at a fresh start in 2023. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and tune in for new episodes every Monday. Until then, I am Denver Shy, and don't forget, connection starts with open conversation. Mm-hmm.